driven, ambitious, and love all things marketing. I'm Emma, with 10 years of the marketing industry experience, two degrees, four awards, and a whole heap of learnings along the way. I'm here to be your marketing mentor and tell you everything I wish I'd have known to give you the skills and confidence to become a superstar marketing manager. And I'm here to be your biggest cheerleader. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and let's do this. Hello, so a bonus episode today talking all things Super Bowl ads. Now, I wish that people in the UK got the same experience as people in the US. You've got the football, you've got the ads, and you've got the halftime show. In the UK, when you watch the Super Bowl, you don't get the same ads. And so you better believe the next day, I am literally sat on my phone very, very early in the morning looking through and watching all of the ads. As the years have gone on, I do like that some of the brands release their ads before the game or at least do teasers so you kind of know what to expect. So I'm going to be talking through eight different categories today that kind of stood out to me and the things that I think you need to know so you don't have to sit there for hours looking through all of the many, many ads. Now, couple of caveats before we get into this episode. Remember, I am British. I have not lived in America for many, many years now, maybe six or seven years. And so some of the ads, I just don't understand the context. If it's like very current pop culture in the US and US storylines, then some of them just don't translate to me. So that is some, maybe some of the ones I just don't understand. But let's get into it. So last year, the only kind of ad that I remember and the one that kind of won was the crypto ad. And it was like um, a QR code bouncing around the screen. Do, Do you remember that one? That one was very kind of the one that was in the media because it was different to all of the other ones. This year, due to the state of that industry, they all stayed away. And so there wasn't any crypto ads but there was some memorable creatives and there was a definite split with brands using either emotion or humor and the race to be talked about as number one. Now I have a winner, which I'm gonna talk about at the end. And it was an ultimate troll advert if you want a little bit of a teaser of what that one is. I've literally just watched these ads and I'm just giving my opinion like very, very early in the morning on the Monday after. So I've not actually looked at any of the details or the critics. So I might be forgetting a couple of things. So please bear with me. So starting with category number one, the funny and authentic one. Now, I think that sometimes because brands spend millions and millions of dollars on these places I think that sometimes they're overproduced and they're trying to be too funny and it just doesn't resonate and relate but a brand that I think did this very well this time was Dunkin so Dunkin Donuts had Ben Affleck and he was like at the drive-through like taking orders now I don't know because I've not researched it if they were genuine reactions or they were actors but how it came across it was that they were genuine people just going through the drive-through and it just came across like funny some people didn't know who he was some people were like trying to get selfies like it was just funny and it just worked and it wasn't too long and it wasn't too much of a production like it was literally just a Dunkin Donut drive-through and the icing on the cake was JLo drove through the the drive-through at the end and it was just funny simple engaging and it wasn't too much production hype which is why I liked it the next one so I've gone for there are some brands that year in year out have a spot and one of those brands is Doritos. They have a long-standing history of Super Bowl ads, and I think it dates back to the 1980s, 
but they have definitely, ever since I've watched the Super Bowl, they've always had a slot. And I don't necessarily like the ad that they did this year, but I think that it's, I wanted to shout them out because it's more about, this is a brand I always associate with the Super Bowl ads. And so when I'm looking at Super Bowl ads the next day, it's one of those brands I always search for their name if I can't find it. I always know that they're gonna have that spot. And so whilst it's not one of the more like one hit wonder or a couple years in a row ad slots, it has that consistency and longevity and that's what I like about it. So the ad itself this year, I just didn't really get it. It doesn't really help that I don't know who Jack Harlow is, sorry. But it was meant to be like them starting a whole new like trend of triangle themed and I just felt like it was just trying too hard and I just didn't really resonate and I and not only did I not resonate I couldn't really think who was gonna relate to that and yeah it just didn't land for me I think that in the past they've done like funnier ones where they kind of focus on the product itself and I just that found it just yeah it didn't land with me but I don't know if that is just because I don't know who Jack Harlow is the next category is the pop culture one. Now, pop culture is one of the biggest themes throughout Super Bowl ads. They are the ones that year in, year out, the, maybe more than 50% of the ads are trying to be like pop culture. And so there were so many of these. So I have a winner and then I have two that were highly commended in my in my category. <laughs> so the first one that I think that won it was Pop Corners and they used Breaking Bad. It was nostalgia marketing at its best. It was re like capturing the essence of the Breaking Bad show. It had the two main actors in and Pop Corners were the feature and it was obviously they were like replacing the meth for pop corners and it just worked it was simple again not overproduced and I just liked it the two highly commended ones for me were one was Jennifer Coolidge who was I think that's how you say her last name I hope it was so her ad was with elf cosmetics now I like this for a couple of reasons one because Jennifer Coolidge is really in the media attention at the moment with her acting on White Lotus and she's just iconic in the in the pop culture world with all of her different features and acting and it just worked because of her personality and her acting going with the cosmetics it was like a sticky joke and it just it was very very her and so the brand collaboration with the celebrity and the brand just worked with this one I loved it the second one that I did like was Clueless and this was with the main character of Clueless and it was with a fintech commerce company called Rakuten. I hope I'm saying that right, Rakuten? Rakuten. It was just simple. It was, again, nostalgic. It had key elements of actual Clueless. So she was wearing the same outfits. She had the same, like, everything and she was in a high school and at the end they were like, aren't you too too old for high school but she doesn't like she's aged at all and fintech commerce company is going to be a difficult one to get an ad that is engaging and so it was something different and it was again playing on nostalgia marketing you'll see here that I have a theme I don't like the overproduced ones I just think that they are trying too hard I think that's a personal preference the next category is the car one now there's so many car ads every year and I just never remember them one that I did think was funny. It wasn't kind of like, I'm gonna remember this ad forever. And it wasn't something that I was like, oh my gosh, that is really amazing. It was the Kia ad and it was 
binky dad. I liked the connection because it was family based. It was basically this family that goes on holiday and then the dad forgets the binky and so he has to drive crazy routes and the, the whole nation is like rooting for him, hashtag binky dad. And he like goes and gets the bing, binky. He gets there, he comes back and the, the mom at the end is like, she only likes the blue binky and he's bought the green binky. I didn't like the overproduced like film, ver- like bit of it which I guess that's the whole point of it but I did like the actual storyline because it was very relatable to people going on holidays and you know the whole car that they're selling is for families so the link there worked really really nicely I'm not going to remember it in a year's time I probably won't remember it in five months but I did think it worked nicely for that slot Moving on to the B2B one. So I was so pleased that there was some B2B advertising and I actually really love this brand. They are funny and they have a reputation for hilarious commercials. Please go and look up, which isn't the Super Bowl one, but please go and look up the Pit Crew one. So the Pit Crew ad is how I first found out about them. And them is Workday. Now, Workday are a software brand company, so not the most glamorous. And this was their, I'm sure it was their first Super Bowl ad. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it was. And this ad, not only is it funny and relatable, which I think are the two most common words I've literally said through this podcast, but it's true. So essentially, Workday are making fun of the fact that in offices, people call people rock stars and they do it all of the time. And it's like, you're a rock star, you're a rock star, you're a rock star. And it's like, stop calling people rock stars. And I just think that this works because it's true. They took something that was quite mundane and quite boring and quite sorry office people i'm an office i'm an office girl too but they found something that then people do and then they related it and they built on it they had that super bowl pizzazz they had actual rock stars in the whole commercial being like i'm a rock star like stop calling them that and it was just like people's reactions on their faces and not being biased because i'm british but ozzy osbourne for me stole the show his bits were hilarious i can't believe they even got him to feature and this is one that i definitely recommend going to google so whilst you're googling the pit crew ad from workday google this one as well because they are both funny and i think it really was a really nice compliment to a difficult genre to advertise i think it is much much easier for product-based businesses to come up with a storyline but it is more difficult when you're a service-based business and trying to find something that connects that works and that is relevant moving on to the next category the ad that wasn't an ad now there is only one winner of this category this year and that is fenty now fenty are rihanna's beauty brand and they are capitalizing on the fact that rihanna was in halftime now there is one thing that i'm gonna say before i start this one is that my biggest bugbear about being a marketer around times of the year like Super Bowl where every brand tries to come in on the conversation when it's not relevant. You should only try and come in on the conversation if it is relevant to your brand. But with Rihanna performing at halftime, of course it's relevant for her beauty brand to be capitalizing. So the first thing that they did leading up to the Super Bowl itself was they 
went on TikTok. They did a very, very simple TikTok ad. This TikTok had 5 million views in 24 hours. It was so simple. It was essentially a conveyor belt of footballs going across and then the top, there was like squirts of foundation of her different colours going on and, and colouring the balls. There was a subtle cleats in the picture and also a football helmet. And it was just really simple. It worked for the, the platform, the ASMR the visual effects, the small details, it was very soothing, there was no copy, it didn't need copy, it was very simple and it wasn't trying too hard and the fact that it chose TikTok as its platform I think was perfect and there was that legitimate crossover but they didn't stop there. During Rihanna's halftime performance she literally stops, gets powder from one of her dancers, puts it on and carries on and that is brilliant. It is a brilliant product placement but what is even better is the social reaction that it got because everyone's then tweeting like Fenty product placement, Fenty, 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 Fenty and it's like carrying on that conversation because it's like Rihanna did that action and everyone's like oh my gosh Fenty got in the halftime show. Of course they did. So I just think that it was a really, really like well executed and well thought of. And it was like Fenty were like, we've got to capitalize on this. We're not sure how. They didn't buy a spot, but I think this was a better way and they probably reached more people actually by doing it this way. One more category to go before I talk about my winner. So this one is the interception copycat category. Now in 2015, all of you marketers might remember that Volvo, who is a Swedish car company, won the ads that year. And it was dubbed the greatest interception ever of ads. Now Google it because they do a good video to explain it. But in essence, what they did is they didn't buy a Super Bowl ad. Anytime there was a car ad that was shown during the Super Bowl, if people tweeted hashtag Volvo contest, and who they were nominating. You basically like nominated a person that you thought deserved the car. They could win a car. So they basically stole the social noise. So every single time a car ad was put on, then if people went to Twitter, they then tweeted this hashtag with somebody to nominate, then they could win a car. Now, this was really, really good because it was very, very clever. They didn't have to spend millions on an ad. They got the social noise and they actually had 2,000 tweets per minute every time there was a, hold on, my washing machine's going off. Can you hear it in the background? Okay, it stopped now. Ever the Professional Marketing Nuggets podcast. So there was 2,000 tweets per minute when a car company showed their ad. And it was the only car company during that Super Bowl to trend on Twitter, both nationally and internationally. And they reported a 70% sales increase the month after. So I love it. It was really ingenious and it was the first company that I know of that ever did this. It got huge, huge traction and it was just a really nice, authentic way of doing it. This year, you might have noticed that anytime Fitness, the gym company, did the exact same thing. They were literally like, anytime anybody says the word anytime during the big game, tweet and you could win, I think it was a holiday and then gym memberships as well. And whilst it works because the word anytime is used a lot, I just think, just tweak it a bit. Like you've literally just copied and pasted Volvo. And I understand that the Volvo results were amazing, but it was like they had the exact same mechanism when somebody says something during the Super Bowl tweet. And I just think maybe it's only marketers that remember it, but it was a literal carbon copy. Like at least he's something a little bit different so that you're not just literally copying and pasting what Volvo did. Now the winner, 
And I think this is gonna be a lot of people's winners because it was different and it, it worked for the moment. So the winner, the ad was made by Mischief USA and the name of it was called Interface Interruption. They did do a couple of different ads for this brand, but this is the one that actually was the best. And there's a couple of things of why I love this. Firstly, it was a 15 second ad. Now, if you have ever made a TV ad before, any kind of video ad, you know that 15 second ads are the hardest because you're like, I've got so much to get across in 15 seconds. There's literally no point. I can't tell you how many times I've done ads and I'm like, I don't even wanna do a 15 second ad because I can't get across my story. And it is so, so difficult. So the fact that they won this, like the fact they've crowned by me, <laughs> the best slot of the Super Bowl with a 15 second ad is no mean feat. Basically, Mischief USA were their brand that they were showcasing, and I do not know how to pronounce it. It's spelled T-U-B-I. I don't know if it's Tubby. Tubby? Tubby? I think it's Tubby. Probably not. That sounds too basic. I don't know. Anyway, they're a streaming platform. And so essentially what the ad is, is it's very, very simple. It starts and it's like, welcome back to the Super Bowl. You think that it's the presenters talking. And then it essentially like does the actions as if someone has the remote and they're changing the channel to the streaming platform, like the, the app. And then they go and select a movie and then they press it. Now, this works for this exact spot and this exact spot only because a couple of reasons. One, it's the Super Bowl. So literally they know when they made this ad that there's going to be a lot of people in people's living rooms. And so you are going to have lots more people in your room than just you watching the Super Bowl. And so it is a very high chance that somebody has the remote and they're changing the channel. Number two, it is the biggest game of the year. So everybody is on tender hooks. They are watching this with intent. It really, really works for this exact second because people do not want you to change the channel. There will be people in that room that are diehard fans. Another reason is because say you're having a party, there is gonna be some more diehard fans in the room than there isn't. So say there might be people that there that are just there because their husbands are there or because their wives are there or because their family is there. And so it very well could be a real thing that somebody that doesn't like the Super Bowl or doesn't like football is changing the channel. So it works because it could actually happen. And people were tweeting about this. It had people fooled. It was perfect. It was the ultimate troll moment for 15 seconds. And as I said, it works in this exact moment. Would this ad work ever again? No. Can you imagine this coming on the TV at Tuesday afternoon at 12 p.m. in between Gilmore Girls? Like it would just be annoying. It wouldn't have the same effect, but it had the right effect because of the moment that they chose to play it. It just had that difference that all of the other ads didn't have that made it a social conversation and it made the exact time where people would be watching it, it works. So yeah, that one was the winner for me. I think I'm most impressed that it was a 15 second ad that won because I thought it's usually like the, the longer ones that have a proper storyline. But I like that it was different. I like that it was authentic and it worked for the moment. So there you have it, my quick eight categories of Super Bowl ads so you don't have to go and watch them all. And I really encourage you to go and watch these ones. There was a couple of other ones I didn't mention. Uber had a good one as well. There was a couple that I didn't get, like Downies I didn't get. Crown Royale had a good one to Canada. So there were some that were just very, very forgettable. Can't even remember them now. I hope you enjoyed my quick fire British review of the Super Bowl ads and I will talk to you soon. 
Thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. I've been your host, Emma, and I will catch you next time. Bye for now.